a good Chodesh, Lachaim, Levracha, a good Morgan, a good Machmitog, a good Ovent, wherever you're listening from. Welcome and thank you very much, Rabbi Levitov. Thank you very much, Rabbi Naparstik. The famous story, I read the story in Sipur Echsidim by Hagon Rabbi Shlomo Yosef Zevin, Zechrena Levracha, the editor of Encyclopedia Talmudis, and many other Svarim. And he has a a few volumes, I think two volumes of Sipur Echsidim. He tells a story there that Reb Mendel of Haradaka, Reb Menachem Mendel of Haradak, or some known as Reb Mendel of Vitebsker, came from Vitebsk. He was, of course, one of the oldest students of the Mezritcha Magid. And after the passing of the Magid in Tovkov Lamed Gimel Yutas Kislev, 1772, it's known that the Alter Rebbe was Makabal Reb Mendele as his Rebbe. It's interesting that once on some Chastoyed, I remember before Hakafas at the Fabrengen, the Rebbe asked why Reb Mendele Haradoke doesn't go into the list of the Rabbeim, the Balshamtiv, the Magid, and Reb Mendele Haradoke. The Rebbe gave an, a long answer then, but just the question itself was fascinating. He wrote a sefer called Pri Haaretz. Pri Haaretz, so Rav Zevin, Rav Shlomo Yosef Zevin tells a story that once he made Aliyah Teretz Yisrael, I think Tovkov Lamad Zayin, a few years after the Petir of the Magad. And the Alter Rebbe wanted to go with him, Teretz Yisrael. But the Mendele felt that that would be the wrong thing because the Alter Rebbe should remain in, in uh, Belarus, what was called White Russia, the area of Russia, White Russia, Lithuania, Lyozhna, and then later Liadi and uh, become the leader of, of, of the Hasidic movement there. So the Alter Rebbe stayed behind. The stories are well known. So the Mendel of Vitebske moved to Tveria, Tiberius. And that's where he's buried, in the old Beis Achayim of Tveria. Maybe some of you were there. So Rav Zevin tells an interesting story, that there was one such Jew. Apparently he was, um, he was an imbecile. He, was, he had challenges. And he went up to the Harazesim with a shoifer, and he started to blow shoifer. <laughs> I guess he knew what he's doing. So the, the sound resonated. The sound carried far and wa- far. And you know, suddenly somebody in the Harazesim is blowing shoifer. So rumor had it that Leo Anavi is here. It's the beginning of Tkabe Shoifer Gadol. Elio Anavi is announcing and heralding the coming of Mashiach. You know, so it's a big commotion. Elio Anavi, there's a shit in Gemara in Erevin, Elio Anavi is going to come before Mashiach. What's going to happen in the next day, next few days? And Erev Zevin says the story circulated very fast before the WhatsApp era, but I guess stories could still circulate. And the news arrived in Tveria. And somebody went into the Heliker, Reb Mendel of Vitebske, Reb Mendel of Haradake, Reb Mendel of Haradake, and he told him that, uh, you know, Mashiach is here. And uh, he told him the story. So Reb Mendel of went over to his window. He opened the window. He stretched out his head. And he gave a smell. He gave a sniff. And he said... Unfortunately, not yet. So Chassidim asked the question, why did he have to open his window? 
and smell outside the house. He could have smelled inside the house. The answer is, well, in the shtub for the is Alam al the Ruach for Mashiach. In the house of Mendla Hadadakar, there was always an ambiance of Gula, a consciousness of Gula. So smelling in his house wouldn't do the job. He had to see what's happening outside of his house. It's similar, maybe, to what is brought in the Sefer Pelech Harimin from Reb Hillel Paritcher, who says in the name of Reb Zalman Zezmer, who was his Rebbe, one of his teachers, who said in the name of the Alter Rebbe, that Lefnei Neshamas, the Rebbe used to quote this often, Lefnei Neshamas Hagvoyes Kemoy Reb Shimon Ben Yechoy Leinechrev Habayis Klav. Certain Neshamas who didn't experience the Chorben, not that they didn't experience the Chorben, they knew about the Chorben, they also fasted on Tisha B'av. But it means their, their state of mind, their, con- their inner consciousness was in a state of Gula. It's one story. Now there's another story. This is an anecdotal story. You'll see why I'm sharing these stories. This is a funny story. It's a, a good Yiddish Shemaisa, but it captures, like all these anecdotal stories and jokes, they capture sometimes profound truths. <laughs> there, was, there was once a fox, and the fox was very hungry for lunch, and the fox didn't have a meal. The fox saw on top of the tree beautiful, beautiful big bird. The fox thought to itself, ah, this could, bird can be a geschmack lunch, but how do you get the bird down? The fox will start climbing the tree. The bird will fly away. Foxes can't fly. They're smart, but they can't fly. So the fox tells the bird, do you hear what's going on? It's the time of Mashiach. It's the time of Geula. The time of Geula, it says, we just read Achrin Shal Pesach, the wolf shall lie with the lamb. It's a time of peace. No animals are killing each other anymore. They're not destroying each other anymore. So why don't you come down from the tree and we could schmooze and we could fabreng and we can hang out and we can have a wonderful time. And the poor bird was gullible. So the bird started to make its way down from the tree right into the mouth of the fox. At that moment, there was a hunter who came into the forest, to the wilderness, to the jungle, to hunt. And as the system with the hunters is, they send out the dogs, who right away sense what is going on, the animals that are available, and the dogs bark. So as the fox smells or sees or hears the dogs, the fox lifts up its feet, ready to run, (laughs) to escape the wrath and the arrows or the bullets of the hunter. So the bird turns to the fox and says, where are you running? He says, the, do- the dogs are coming after me. The dogs are going to kill me. The hunter is going to shoot me. I have to get out of here. The bird says, I don't understand. You told me that this is the era of Mashiach. All the animals are going to live in peace. Man and animal will live in peace. Mashiach is here. The fox looks up. I have to say this in Yiddish and then I'll translate the fox says, yeah, 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 but the problem is as the hint, the problem is that the dogs don't believe in Mashiach. Now, both of these stories, the first is uh, obviously a different level of a story. The story and the Milsa the B'dichis, I should say, really, I think, convey 
a very powerful idea. There's two elements in Geula. There is what's called in Chesidus Geula Klolis and Geula Pratis. In Tanya, Geras HaKadosh, Simon Dalet. Or to put it differently, in another language, Lashon of Kabbalah, of Zoya and Chesidus, there's the Geula of Isarusa de Ela, and there's the Geula of Isarusa de Sata. Or to put it in very simple English, there's the Geula that Hashem brings. Only Hashem, nobody else. The creator of the world decides when Mashiach is going to come, how he's going to come, exactly what moment, in what fashion, what style. As the Rambam says in Hilchus Malach and Perikid Beis, there's certain things we're going to find out only when they happen. And nobody knows. Libe Lepuma, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, Libe Lepuma Loi Galia. These are things that are not revealed to anybody. Only you know the secrets of the world. Only the Rebbeinu Shalolam himself, who runs the world and controls the world and orchestrates every event in the world, decides the moment of Geula, how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, exactly what fashion it's going to happen, under which circumstances it's going to happen. And we is L'Shu'oscha Kivinu, as we say in Davening, L'Shu'oscha Kivinu, Kol Hayoyim, or those who say Animamen, or think Animamen, Achakaloi, Bechol Yoyim Sheyavoy. And as the Rebbe used to teach, and he once quoted, the, interestingly, the Rebbe quoted the Brisker of, the Velvola Brisker, Tovshin Mem Gimel, Mem Beis, a Haggadah came out before Pesach called Haggadah Shal Pesach Mi Beis Levi. It was a Brisker Haggadah, the title of the Beis Alevi, Rabbi Yashaber, Rabbi Yosef Doiv, and his son, Rabbi Chaim, Chaim Brisker, and his son, Rabbi Velvola, the Brisker of. So uh, I think Rabbi Pinchas Menachem Alter, who later became the Gay Rebbe, the Prime Menachem was on Yechidus, and the Rebbe quoted this word from the Briskerov in the Haggadah, that when you say, it doesn't mean, in other words, every day I await that he's going to come. The Kama goes after Achakaloi. I await his coming every day. That's one element of Gula. But there's another element of Gula. And the other element of Gula is what I create, what you create. It's the Gula we create in our own hearts. Or to put it differently, to quote again the Sefer Moir Enayim, another Talmud of the Magad, Rabbi Nachem of Chernobyl, Parshish Chukas, this was a Moir Enayim that the Rebbe used to quote very often, that every single Jew has a nitzitz of Mashiach inside of him or her. In other words, there's Mashiach inside of me. I am Mashiach. You're Mashiach. I'm not a Melech Mebez David, and I'm not a Zed, not a fine <laughs> Many of us are not from Zed Mebez David, and we don't have the qualifications, but the spark, the Ur, the Nekuda of Mashiach exists in every single Jew. What Chesidus calls the Yechidah Shebenefesh. That state of Geula in every person. What's Mashiach? Mashiach is the person who introduces into the world oneness. Achdus Hashem, Einoid Malvadeh. Every person has that Yechidah Leyachdach, that point in you. That's the Mashiach inside of you. And the Meir Enayim says that <coughs> that's the, 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 the Pshat, it says, Dorach Koychav Miyakov. So Dorach Koychav Miyakov and Parshish Balak refers to Mashiach. Chazal also apply it to every single Jew. And the Rebbe says, because both are the same, because in every Jew there's a nitzitz of Mashiach based on the Meir Enayim. And when each person brings out that nitzitz, I bring out my spark, you bring out your spark, we all bring out our spark, it creates a fire. And that creates the Mashiach HaKloli, the collective energy that Mashiach brings into the world, that brings the Geula from above. And that moment, Hashem decides. But the creating the ambiance, creating the atmosphere, living with it, introducing it into our own lives, as Dr. Rebbe says in Nigeris HaKadosh, that every day you can create a Geula protest in your own life, 
that's already something that's completely dependent on our on my own awareness, on your own awareness, on our own awareness and, and courage and confidence. I think you, many of you uh, probably remember this, or it's good to remember this. And that is that in the famous Sicha, Chavches Nisan Tovshinon Aleph, the Rebbe said that uh, it was uh, very shocking. He said that, you know, after everything he tried to do, it was all in vain because the Geula did not come. And the Jewish people did not go out of Golos. The mission was not accomplished. But then the Rebbe added these words. He said, There's something even more painful. As I'm not, I'm not saying this verbatim, but the Toichin, you could, you could hear it today. You could watch it, you can hear it, you can read it. Wow, In other words, there was even a deeper pain. There's a Golos Pnimi. There's a collective Golos that the whole world is in Golos. And Klal Yisrael is in Golos. The Shechina is in Golos. And history is in Golos. And then there's a Golos Pnimi. Is that I'm in my own, my own inner Golos. And in a way, the Rebbe said, that's the Iker pain. Why? I think we can understand. Because for so many years, we're trying to help ourselves and help the world and help each person go out of the Golos Pnimi. But if I'm stuck in that, and there, Hashem says, Hakal B'day Shemayim, Chutz B'yir Shemayim. That needs to stimulate me and challenge me. And that's the story of, of, of I think it's connected to the story of Reb Mendel HaRadaka, that in his house, there was already a consciousness of Gula. He had to smell what's happening outside of his house. Because the Chiddush of Gula is ultimately the whole world. This brings me to another point. The Rebbe said this, I think, 1961 at the Fabrengen. How is it that suddenly one day the wolf is going to live with the lamb, the Garzevim Kevis? Whether you learn like the Rambam and Hilchis Malach and Perikid Beis, that it's a marshal, it's a metaphor for the nations of the world, that there'll be full peace. Or Kipshuta, like many others say, that the wolf is going to live with the lamb. What happens suddenly? And the Rebbe said in Avart that it starts off within a person. The world responds to people. <laughs> Animals feel our energy, as we know. They sense that Selim Alekim, the Zoyar says, story with Daniel, it's brought in Tanya, Perichavdalad, I think. Animals sense the energy of people. Every person has a wolf and a lamb inside of them. There's a wolf inside of me, and there's a lamb inside of me. When a person can create the Vigar Zaevim Kevis within the person themselves, automatically the whole world changes. So much of the Avaida of Gula begins inside my heart, inside my brain, inside my soul, inside my home, inside my marriage, inside my connections with people, inside my daily life, and inside my psyche. What does this mean practically? I have 10 minutes. Okay, so let me try to do this in 10 minutes. So I think it means so many things practically, but I just want to bring out one point that may be very valuable. In the last months of Tov Shinun Beis, after Chav Chesnesim, the Rebbe kept on sharing 
an expression that I had a schus to hear myself with my own ears, and many of you heard it, or, or you have the schus to read it today or hear it today in the sikhs. And that is medaf efen in the Eidim. It's time to open our, our eyes. Nistaima avaydas habirudim. The avayda of birudim. Birudim means the selecting, the choosing, the sifting through between good and evil has reached a conclusion. And today the avayda is to open your eyes and welcome the energy, Kabbalah's Pnei Mashiach, welcome the energy, welcome the light of Gula, which is already present and manifested in the world. And as the Rebbe once expressed himself, I think it was Parshas Vayetze, Tavshinon Beis, that we're already, Hakal uh, Muchel, we're sitting at the table, there's the Levyosa, there's the Sher Habar, Hakal Muchel everything is prepared for the meal. and the You have to open your eyes. I think the Rebbe told Rav Mordechai Eliyahu, Zichroin Levracha, the Sephardic chief rabbi of Israel, at a Yechidus Tavshinon Beis, I think Vov Cheshvan Tavshinon Beis, he said an expression, that I have said, and that I have said, he said that Mashiach is here. He's outside the door. We have to open the door. And I think he said, he spoke in Hebrew, which means pull them in. What, what does this mean? What does it mean to open my eyes? So I know this has been discussed so many times and there's probably so many different ways of looking at it and so many different possibilities and dimensions to it. But I want to bring out just one little point that I think may also contribute to this vital conversation. What happens when my eyes are closed? If my eyes are closed, everything in the room is still the same. Nothing changes. When I open my eyes, I just get to perceive the reality. So it's not like when you close your eyes, the world changes. You know, kids, sometimes you close your eyes and you think nobody else sees you. Everybody sees me. I just don't see anybody else. So when we have closed eyes, we don't realize that somebody sees us because we don't see anybody. But everything is here. It's the ability to open your eyes, which is basically the ability to be perceptive, to open yourself up to seeing things that maybe moments ago when my eyes were closed, I could not see. So opening your eyes doesn't, is not about changing reality. It's about seeing reality. Avodah Sabirudim is changing reality. What's birur? Like in Hilchas Boirid, in Hilchas Shabbos, in Shulchan Aruch HaRachayim, was at Simon Shin Yotes. All the halachas of boiler, the good and the bad are mixed. You know, the part of the salad that you want, the part of the salad that, that's rotten or moldy. It's mixed together. And you want to separate the desirable from the undesirable, the eichel from the psalos. On Shabbos, you're not allowed to do boiler. <laughs> you're not allowed to be boiler psalos, but eichel. Because Shabbos, the focus is you see the good. During the weekdays, you have to be boiler. It's part of life. This is Alpi Nigla, Alpi Alocha, and it's Alpi Chsidus. Tayyar Parshas Lech Lecha, Tayyar Parshas Beshalach, many Maimonim, Derech Mitzvah Loi Savaru Weish. Shabbos, there's no boiler. Shabbos, you can eat. You can eat the good. Derech Achilosa, you can take the good from the bad. But you're not busy with bad and good on Shabbos. Then there comes an error that Rebbe says, Nestaim Avaydah Sabirudim. Avaydah Sabirudim is changing reality, redefining reality. He says, today the Avaydah is opening your eyes. It's being perceptive to reality. It's opening yourself up to reality. That's an intense idea. Think about it. That's an intense idea. Now, what would that mean practically in my life? And what does it even mean this time, there's no bad in me anymore? I have to struggle between good and bad. My good is not mixed with my bad. I mean, I can't talk about anybody else, but I can talk about myself. 
Really? There's no, everything is butter, everything is clear, it's toiv and not, it's completely two separate things. Wow. Which is why the Rebbe was surprised. Why is Mashiach not here? Why is Al-Pitoyri? He said, he did. I remember the Rebbe said, Al-Pitoyri doesn't know a reason why Mashiach is not here. This is what Hashem wants, but he doesn't understand. Al-Pitam of Seichel, of Toyri, doesn't understand. Because, you know, Golos is like pregnancy and Gula is like birth. And it's like overdue. Kolo kola kids in the Gemara says, in Sanhed and Sanhed Ches. But what does this look like? What does it mean to open my eyes? Perhaps one dimension is the way we look at ourselves and therefore the way we look at our children and therefore the way we look at our spouses. I should say first spouses, then children. <laughs> then the children. The way we look at our family, extended family, our community, our friends, our acquaintances, and the way we look at strangers and anybody, anybody in the world. I have to open my eyes. And when you open your eyes, you'll see something else. Now, opening my eyes is not so easy because for 45 years or 55 years, my, my eyes were closed. Not so easy to open my eyes, right? Opening your eyes may be a very, very serious transformation. But it really means that sometimes my entire gullus is based on my perception. My perception of who I am and who my child is, and who the other person is. And then I just validate that perception through what we call confirmation bias, through behaviors that intensify that perception of reality, which is all based on the fact that my eyes are closed. What if we can open our eyes and see really Nistaima Veda Sabirurim? Nistaima Veda Sabirurim is that what we're calling the negativity in ourselves or the negativity in our children may have to be defined in much more subtle terms. And maybe one way of looking at it is as follows. The word ra, we usually translate as bad or evil or negative. And that's of course true. But in Tanya and Peter Gvov, the Alter Rebbe quotes the Pasuk in Kaihelas, Hevel Ur'us Ruach, Ru'us. The, the etymology of the word ra is ru'us, which means brokenness, a broken spirit. Those of you who learned Masechta Babakama, Perek HaKoynes, you remember? On the first Ahmed, Koysel Ra'ua. What's Ra'ua? Not a bad wall. Walls are not bad. It's a rickety wall. It's a shaky wall. It's a flimsy wall. It's not a wall that is anchored, that is solid. It's going to break. It's not going to last. What's the shayrish? What does, what does Chesidus teach? What's the shayrish? What's the root of all ra? The root of ra is not evil. Later it becomes evil. In the ultimate source, where does ra begin? Ra begins in brokenness. In the notion that I'm separate. When something is broken, it's detached. It's fragmented. It's not part of the whole anymore. The truth is that every single one of us is part of a whole. Ein oid mulvadai. Is the organic state of reality where there's complete oneness. We are all part of formlessness. The beginning of Ra is when I decide that I'm a form, I'm a tzir, I'm separate, I'm detached from the infinite, undefined wholeness of Ein Saif. And that sense of separateness, that sense of fragmentation, that sense of detachment, that is the shayrish of Ra. 
I think what we're seeing today more and more is when you look at people, especially you look at young people, we don't see bad anymore. I don't see bad people trying to become good people. I see broken people, ra from brokenness, trying to become wholesome people. The ra today is that you don't realize how beautiful you are. You don't realize how sacred you are. You don't realize how beautiful and sacred every child is. And it's difficult because we go back into that gullah's program of duality, of separateness. I'm full of evil. I'm full of negativity. But it's time to open my eyes. The Rebbe loved saying over, a word from the Mayurin Ayam, Reb Nachum Shinobel. In the last years, he said it over, I think every, almost every year, Parshish Kedoshim. It says in the beginning of Kedoshim, Kedoshim tiyu ki Kedosh oni Hashem alakech. Says the Medrash Rabba, Yochel Kamoini. You think you could be as holy as I am? You think so? Talmud Loimar, Kedoshos ki Kedosh oni, Kedoshosi lemaila mekedoshaschem. I'm holy. You're not holy. You're holy, but my holiness is higher than your holiness. Stam, there was the famous Shiva of Mir, Chaim Shmolevich, Safada Meyid. So he once said, if you saw the Pshlem Kazvila, Pshlem Kazvila was a Kaddish, a Tzaddik in Yerushalayim. He says, if you saw the Pshlem Kazvila, you can understand why the Medrash thought, Yochel Kamayni. You think you could be as holy as Hashem. If you saw him, you would understand the question of the Medrash. But it's a strange Medrash. You think you'll be as holy as God? So God says, no, 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 you can't be as holy as me. So the Moira Naim writes, Nachem of Chernobyl, the Rebbe would say it over, the Tzemach Tzedek brings it. It's also brought in Degel Machen Ephraim, another grandson of the Baal Shem Tov, A grandson of the Baal Shem Tov. had a daughter, Adl. And Adl had a son. He wrote a sefer called Degel Machen Ephraim. So he writes the same word. Yochel Kamoini, the Rebbe used to say, Yochel Kamoini b'nichusa. It's not a question mark, it's an exclamation point. Yochel Kamoini, you could be like me. Yochel Kamoini. My holiness, Hashem says, comes from your Kedusha, from your holiness, because we're completely one. My holiness, you create Hashem's Kedusha. That's what a person is. So we used to say, this is the Pnimius, this is what Chesidus says deep, deep down. The Rebbe says, no, open your eyes. If I'm not seeing this in myself and in other people, my eyes are just completely, completely blocked. It's a different vocabulary. It's a different attitude. The way you speak to a child, the way you speak to a bocher, the way you speak to a girl. It's not just the way you speak, it's the way you feel them, the way you experience them, so they can experience themselves. There's a beautiful word from the Helik Erujana. I'm going to finish with this because my time is up. The Helik Erujana says... You would think you could be like me. So the Torah says, I'm holy. So he says, you have to read it differently. It's an unbelievable word. You think you could be like me? Learn to say, Learn to say that I'm holy. Learn. Learn. Learn to say it. I don't know if you know this, but I heard this from the Rebbe in Tovshinun Aleph at a Fabrengen, 1991, shortly after Chavches I think it was Parshas Emmer, the spring, summer, Nun Aleph. I don't remember now the week. I should look it up. 
And the Rebbe said then something, I heard it at the time. It was astounding. I asked a few people, I was a Bacha, so I didn't, uh, I heard that it was shocking. I asked a few people, but what should I say? <laughs> the, the question was better than the answer. The Rebbe said that every Jew is a tzaddik, even the tzaddik that's discussed in Tanya. I, it says in the Tanya that not every person could be a tzaddik. <laughs> so the Rebbe said that was before the Holocaust. And the, the words of the Rebbe is, thus is given five the gzedes v'hashmodes from Deir HaAchim. The Rebbe used to call the Holocaust the gzedes v'hashmodes of the last generation. After what the Jewish people went through, everything is different. What does this mean? So this you could fabreng on for a few days and for a few weeks and for a few months and for a few years. You could fabreng about this. But one nekudah, the whole way of looking at ourselves and looking at other people today must be through the lenses of Gula, through the lenses of Mashiach. Not to see Ra. The real Ra that exists in people is their feeling that they have Ra. That's the Ra. The feeling that they're broken, that they're separate, that they're disconnected, that they're detached. When the MS of MS is that every single Jew is a manifestation of Atzmus Ein Soif Baruch in this world. And if I'm not seeing that in me and I'm not seeing that in you, I get it. My eyes are closed. So with compassion, I have to be able to talk to my eyes and help myself open my eyes. Now, sometimes it's difficult because I'm programmed for so many years. And I come back to the Milsad of Dichasa. Yeah, yeah, Mashiach is done. But the hint, the Mashiach. The dogs don't believe in Mashiach. Which dogs are these? There's voices inside of me that slept me away from the truth of who I am, from the truth of who you are, from the truth of that consciousness of absolute oneness with Atzma Saint Tzayv Baruch that is the true reality of every single Jew and ultimately of every person and ultimately of the whole world. To live in that consciousness is a choice that I make every single day and every single moment. Who am I? Who is the person I'm breathing into? Who is the person I'm experiencing? Who is the person that is communicating right now with myself, with my spouse, with my children, with anybody in the world? Who is that person? Is that a person who is a conduit for absolute infinity? Or is that a person who's wounded and bruised and evil and bad and detached and depressed and despondent and anxious with all of my challenges and wounds?